welcome. I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and even a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Everyday, at kristenesser.com, or on Instagram at kristenesser. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. Welcome to episode 18. The right before the holidays episode. We are in the thick of it now, right? I am recording this on December 11th. How are you doing getting ready for the holidays? I'm feeling pretty good this year, to be honest with you, which I usually go into complete panic after Thanksgiving, but I think I mentioned last episode that we have an extra week between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas this year, and I am feeling the luxury of that. So I also mentioned last episode that um, I was planning on doing sort of a slow decorating thing. I often kind of knock it out in one day. But I have, the again, the luxury of having a spare bedroom right now with two kids off at college. And so we got all the Christmas stuff down. And the first day, I um, just put up the Christmas tree. It's an artificial tree with white lights. And, and there it has stayed. <laughs> undecorated. And we just discussed this over the weekend. I think it's going to stay undecorated until all the kids are home for Christmas. Not that they particularly would feel left out about uh, not decorating the Christmas tree, but uh, I haven't had to decorate a Christmas tree of my own in like 18 years. So, um, but my youngest decided that he said he would like uh, everyone to be here. So, um, my daughter comes home from her little European jaunt, um, on her way home from Norway. She's doing a year rail pass where she's gone to Copenhagen. She's in London right now. She's sending me these awesome pictures of platform nine and three quarters at King's Cross Station and the um, the sign at Selfridges. If I don't know if you've watched that as a PBS show, but she loved that. And, and um, she will continue on to Paris um, where they are having violent protests. So there's that. And um, and then to Köln, Germany, and then she'll fly home out of Berlin. So she won't actually be home till about a little less than a week before Christmas. So it's a little unusual for us to leave that Christmas tree undecorated for that length of time. But you know what? I've decided that greenery and lights are all I really need to decorate for Christmas. So that's what I did is I put up um, garlands over doorways, down stairways, and... Um, then just left that for a few days. And then I went through the, my, my, you know, I have like four Christmas decor tubs and just put out kind of the most special stuff. But I also unearthed lights, a bunch of long white lights that we had when we used to have to light our own Christmas tree. And so I was able to, um, use those to wrap down the stairway, um, which I've always wanted to do, but I could never quite figure out what to do with the cord. You know, because you don't want this, you don't want to see the string of lights that's going to the outlet. But um, we have a loft in our house, so I was kind of able to camouflage it in the loft, and it goes down the stairs. And then on the other side of the stairs, um, I was able to just run it into my son's bedroom and plug it in behind his bed. So that's all lit and looks really well. I've got Christmas lights over a couple windows. It's all very cozy and very, um, very holiday-ish. And um, so I really, uh, I've just sort of enjoyed it. And it took me, I don't know, a week, week and a half to really get finished with it. And that was completely, completely fine with me. I'm also doing really well on 
buying gifts as your kids get older. I don't know, they sometimes want more expensive things, and so there's less gifts to do. So I'm kind of on top of that, not 100%, but um, it's only the 11th today, so I'm feeling good about that. Christmas cards addressed and just waiting for stamps because, of course, I don't, go to, I don't go to the post office that often, but the one day I went to the post office, it was closed for George H.W.'s funeral. So I just went home and ordered them which now it's um, been nearly a week and I still don't have them. Maybe maybe they'll arrive today. So I'm feeling on top of that. Um, but uh, yes, I'm so glad to have the, the gifts purchased. I get what I'm going to describe as gift-giving anxiety. I feel like there are people who are really good at giving gifts. It's it's their love language. And I've experienced this um, from other people. When when I had um, when I had cancer, people would sometimes bring a meal and you know some of my friends sometimes gave me a little gift with it and sometimes it was a mug. I have a mug I still use to this day and that uh, whole thing was over 16 years ago. Um, a candle, um, a little figurine, just like these amazing little things that number one never would have occurred to me to do. I, I would definitely bring someone a meal to give them a little gift on top of it. Honestly, wouldn't have occurred to me. Um, but just, you know, I had a friend who just brought me this little pottery thing from Tunisia, just like these very thoughtful, unique gifts. And I have so much anxiety about coming up with those things for other people, which includes buying souvenirs for people. Like when I was in Norway, basically in in my family, whenever I've gone away on work trips, I bring home chocolate. That is my thing because that I don't have to do a lot of shopping for and everybody likes chocolate. It's not another knickknack. Um, so that's one way I solve that. My friend was telling me that what she does is she just buys uh, Christmas ornaments for her family from different places. Also kind of a, a good idea there. But um, this is one reason why I never participate in swaps. I find I want to do swaps because I see them online, especially in the quilting community, and they look like so much fun. And I look at the little things that people are doing and I just think, oh, that looks like so much fun. But number one, I know I would have a tremendous amount of anxiety about sewing something that I was giving away. Um, I just feel like everything would just go wrong because I've experienced this where it's like even making, say, a coaster for somebody else. All of a sudden, I just become hypercritical of my work. And then, you know, everybody usually just goes over the top for swaps. So they, you know, don't just make the one thing the swap is about. They make three other things. Plus, they very thoughtfully added tea and chocolate and uh adorable post-it notes and colored pens you know all these things that I just would like have no idea where to start so I never do swaps maybe someday I will you know get therapy and figure out um, how to get over this so I can participate in a swap but now is not that time but anyways back to Christmas um, so yeah so I um, I'm so glad that the uh, the gift buying part of Christmas is almost over so that I can just wrap and and enjoy um, the rest of the season Oh, I just realized that I have not talked about my cup of tea. I hope that you are drinking something um, yummy and cozy right now or or cooling if you were in the Southern Hemisphere. I'm sorry for being so, uh, you know, like, what do we call it? Hemisphere centric. <laughs> I know that it's not winter everywhere. But today I'm drinking a London Fog. Have you ever had one of these? It is like a tea latte. It's Earl Grey tea. And then 
um, steamed milk with a little bit of vanilla and sweetener, if that's your thing. So I actually happen to have um, vanilla almond milk, so I didn't need to add vanilla, and I use a little bit of stevia as my sweetener, my usual Harney and Sons um, Earl Grey tea. And I have to tell you, it is delicious. It is delicious. I will see if I can find um, a recipe. I'm sure there's a gazillion recipes on the internet of that. I have no doubt, but it's, you know, it's basically a cup of milk, whatever type you want, a splash of vanilla, and some strong Earl Grey tea brewed in perhaps half the, half the amount, maybe the normal amount of tea and half the amount of water. So it's strong, you know, kind of as if you're making a latte, you want espresso and not just coffee. So anyways, it's called a London Fog and it's delicious and uh, you should totally give that a try. Let's move on to some quilt talk. Lately on the blog, I've been able to share a couple of quilts that I've talked about before but are finally done and posted. And the most recent one is the Jolly Bar Meringue quilt from the Fat Quarter Shop. And that um, is a quilt that I definitely talked about here before, but the, the full quilt reveal is finally up on the blog. I'll put a link in the show notes. That is a large half square triangle, not half square, a large half rectangle quilt. So each block is made up of two half rectangles. Um, and they're big blocks, so it comes together very quickly. I use the Sweet Marion line from April Rosenthal, which I think is kind of an older line, but oh my gosh, did I love, love, love the colors. Blues, grays, pinks, peaches, even, you know, like an orange, which almost seemed like a darker peach in that line, and I loved it. Um, and I did just an all-over paisley meander. And so um, it's got a really nice texture. I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to give that one away. I think I might gift that to somebody. And the other one is um, Snow Day, which was just in Quilts and More magazine. That is a very simple, as all my quilts are, um, equilateral triangle quilt, 60 degree triangle. And it was made with um, Minky Kim's line called Winter Tales. And what's cool about this is I, I'm going to be able to keep this out, not just for Christmas, but for winter. And um, and that's one thing that I'm, I'm liking about how I've kind of decorated this year is that after Christmas, I can put away, um, you know, the the Christmas trees and the t nativity and the Santas, but I think I'm going to keep the lights up and, um, and, and this will be a quilt that definitely reads more winter than Christmas. Even the color scheme is more like lighter greens and pinks, I mean, and navy and red, you know, so it's kind of, um, it's just, you know, it's not just a red and green quilt is what I'm saying. So I'm enjoying that. I still need to pull it out. And I, I keep saying I'm going to do this. I need to photograph it just for my own records. I have the, the beautiful photographs that the magazine did, but um, I never got a chance to photograph my, you know, for my own posterity. So I need to do that so I can throw it in the wash and um, let it crinkle up and start using it. Use it. So, so that's the other one that's... Um, I got, I've gotten credit for on the blog lately, but in fact made it over the summer. So I've not been doing a ton of, of sewing um, right now, but I did really feel the itch the other night and I pulled out all the Christmas fabric. I was a little alarmed at how much Christmas fabric I have. Some of it I, I is like, has never been cut into and I only have the vaguest recollection of buying it. I must have gotten it after, like an after Christmas sale a year or two ago. But I just, you know, was itching to make something. Um, 
we use coasters in this house all over the you know all over the place all the time and most of them are quilted and they're looking pretty rough and they're also kind of small a lot of them um like i've taken charm packs and just cut them into um fourths and sewn them back together so you know they're coming out i don't know what are they like three and a half inches and it feels skimpy to me i like a large generous spacious coaster not necessarily mug rug size but you know five or six inches i actually really like and so i don't you know i have to be really precise about scenting my my coffee cup on it so um i had this tasha noel line you know the one um oh gosh if I was a better podcaster, I would have the name. But it's the one that's got the bunny kissing, and there's like a little elf and little girls ice skating. It's super adorable, and I will link the name of the line in the show notes. I'm sorry I don't know it right now. But it's perfect for fussy cutting, which is not something I do a ton of. But um, I decided just to make some economy block coasters. So I just fussy cut, you know, an elf and a little girl and the little kissing bunnies and was able to use actually um, the red from the Winter Tales line as like the next layer out and then, um, you know, various things. I actually, for one of them, um, I just it had like a, a aqua stripe that worked. I also had um, a big piece of... Um, honey bun you know that it's a it's a it's a it's like a jelly roll is two and a half inch strip and a honey bun is a one and a half inch strip someone had given me some of these from a Sweetwater line that I had sewn together as part of the um, scrappy Christmas table runner project I did um, a few years ago because and then I cut equilateral or a square triangle and a square blocks from this um, made fabric of these um, one and a half inch strips so I had some of that left over and um I had I cut I made uh, one coaster just out of that you know striped fabric you know that, that striped piece of fabric and then I also ended up with these little corner units these little triangles so as my last round on an economy block I just used this little made fabric of little strips which didn't really line up all that well but it was still kind of cute and then um and then one of the coasters I just made small, um, just the little fussy cut center and red triangles to make it um, a square, and uh, which means that the whole thing is a little bit on point, but it's very cute too. So anyways, I just made a bunch of little Christmas coasters and had fun in the sewing room one night, which was exactly, exactly what I needed. And the other project that um, I made is a throw pillow for my bed. Um, now I'm wondering if I talked about this on the last podcast. I don't think that I did. So it is Essex yarn dyed linen. I just, it was just, I cut it like a 16 inch square. And then I experimented with, on scraps, different colors of thread and different weights of thread. Ultimately a brown 28 weight, uh, weight thread from Orifil one out. And I just did this little matchstick quilting, um, like three inches of it one direction and three inches the other. What's funny is I tried, I, I did do it about every eighth of an inch or so in one direction. And then I wanted where it was going to overlap, kind of like a plaid. I wanted that to be more irregular. So as I'm sewing, I just kind of left uh, a space empty every once in a while. And hilariously, when it was all done, 
it was perfectly spaced. Like I, I left a space after like every four lines. <laughs> it's like I cannot be uh, like wonky and improvisational, even when I try. Even when I try, it's crazy. Um, but I just made it into a throw pillow for my bed, and I love it. It's super simple, and um, but it's way more my style than. Um, than what was on there previously. And I was inspired by Cassandra Beaver, who did a whole quilt this way of different colors and weights of Aurifil thread, just doing this matchstick quilting that intersects in this amazing plaid pattern. So um, credit where credit is due. That's where I, where I got the idea. And um, I've got the other fabric picked out for it, but because um, I want to do a, another pillow, but it's going to need... Um, lighter thread that's heavier weight and so I've got some ordered and I'm kind of waiting for that to come in and and also that probably that same thread is the thread that I'm waiting on to do some hand quilting on the hand pieced quilt along quilt so that quilt top is done and I should have ordered thread ages ago so that I would be ready to start um, hand quilting that over the holidays and it was totally my bad so that's the other project that's gonna hopefully get going here soon so I also wanted to uh, mention that as if I have not talked about it enough the hand piece quilt along is um, a project that uh, Patty Dudek and I are um, have put together. She's over at Elm Street Quilts, and it's just a small sampler quilt to help people fall in love with hand piecing and to show you that it's not hard and that it's meditative and and so rewarding and really more. It's easy to be accurate because you're just so up and close, you know, sewing on that line. We've got a vibrant and growing Facebook group and so many people are excited to get started. The, the Quilt Along starts in January but people are getting excited about it and just posting pictures of like I just couldn't wait and here's my little four patch and I'm making this table runner. I've posted several instructional videos on YouTube um, for uh, you know how to you know the notions you need, how to do the stitches, the knots, how to deal with seams, all that kind of stuff is uh, I was already posted on YouTube, and I've got a few more videos um, ready to go to show you how to do individual blocks. So if you haven't signed up for that, we would love to have you. Again, all the links will be um, in the show notes. I've also recently uh, sat down with my quilter's planner and really started writing down all the projects that I have in progress in that. And I think it's going to be such a great way to help me finish these things up. I talked about last week or last episode that, you know, for 2019, I need to quilt all the quilts. I just need to finish up the works in progress. And it's so good to see them all written out. And it's also a little bit scary, but knowing that they're all in one place, just ready to be checked off. And she's got this great way of, you know, have you pick the fabric cut, assembled, um, basted, made the back, uh, quilted, you know, like every step. And I am, I'm a list person and I'm a checkmark person. So getting to check off, I don't even know how many, six checkmarks for every project, you know, just little bits along the way that works for me so well. So um, if you're looking for a planner um, or a calendar for this coming year, I definitely recommend the Quilters Planner. I um, have already, it's, it's already over by my phone where my, my um, regular calendar is, my paper calendar, and you know I've already written all the soccer games that are coming up in January, so I'm, I'm definitely going to use it as my everyday paper calendar. Um, 
and so that it, it gets the, the full workout and um, I take full advantage of all the different very cool aspects that she has built into it besides just keeping track of your quilt projects. So definitely check that out. As far as knitting goes, I'm still on that same darn striped sock. <laughs> but it is my goal to finish at least that one sock by the end of December, and I think I'll have no problem doing that. And part of the reason is that I finally, I've been meaning to do this for years, I finally linked up with my, my co-host from the, the Handpiece Quilts Along, Patty Dudek. She hosts something called One Monthly Goal. And at the beginning of the month, you take a picture and it can be you know on a blog on Instagram on Facebook on Pinterest or however you want to do it and you link it up to a blog post on her blog saying this is my goal for this month so for me I I posted the sock and said this is I my plan is to finish the sock by the end of December and then at the end of December you link back up and so you can look at all the things that people are making which is always fun to be inspired but it gives you a little bit of accountability and there are prizes every month she has these amazing prizes and so if you link up you know you're automatically um, entered in a raffle so you have to do the link up at the beginning of the month and a link up at the end of the month to qualify for the the random um, prize drawing. So um, if you've never checked that out, I'll put a link in the show notes again. But uh, it's, you know, kind of helping me stay on track with that. And I'm, I'm really happy about that. And it's really nice, again, in the evening, um, you know, since I've been working really hard on the hand piecing stuff, it's nice to kind of do something different. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, knitting such a great thing to do, you know, at night in front of the TV, kind of a kind of a hobby. I have heard there are some people that seem to be interested in learning to knit socks. So if you're interested in that, that could be something that we do in 2019 is maybe do a little sock knit along where, you know, we just go through each part of the sock construction together over a series of weeks. I, I If you are interested in how to knit socks, I do have a playlist, not my own videos, but a playlist on YouTube that I put together from Very Pink Knits um, that I still re refer to um, when I, you know, just need reminders on the different parts of the construction. So if you want, you know, definitely go check out that playlist if you want to, in the meantime, learn to knit socks. But if you are interested in doing a sock knit along sometime in 2019, um, leave a comment, you know, email me, DM me on Instagram, however, all the ways that you could get a hold of me and just, and, and I will gauge interest to see if that's something that you guys want to do. So just let me know. Let's move on to shows and books. One of my favorite parts of this podcast. The other night while I was making the Christmas coasters, I was kind of looking for something new to watch. The first thing I watched was the next episode of season two in Jamestown. Season two, episode two of Jamestown. Still completely enjoying that on PBS. So I'm, that continues to get my full endorsement. But I also watched The Miniaturist only one episode. I really shouldn't do this. I should recommend shows after only one episode yet. Here I am doing it again. Um, also a PBS, uh, probably a masterpiece show. Really enjoyed it. It's visually stunning, the lighting and the costumes and, and all of that, and um, very creepy <laughs> in a fun sort of way. I am not, I'm not a horror, per, you know, movie type of person. I don't, I don't like to be scared. So it's, but it's just a little creepy and uncomfortable, but intriguing. So only one episode in, but completely enjoying that. 
um, I finally also got around to watching on, it was on Amazon Prime, and I had to pay like $2.99 for it, I think, was Still Life, which is the first book in the Louise Penny Inspector Gamache series, which if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know I am completely obsessed with. But I will be the first to tell you that Still Life was not her best book. They just, they get better. But still, I there was a movie. I had to watch it, right? What I didn't realize until I was a little bit into it is this was definitely a made-for-TV movie. Um, and so, you know, expectations need to be set for that. And all in all, my, my husband watched it with me. And, and when we first realized that it was probably made for TV movie is when there was one of those transitions and he goes, I think there was supposed to be a commercial there. I'm like, yeah, I think you're right. Um, I was disappointed in it. It seemed very much like a, um, you know, murder she wrote or even a Midsummer Murders, which, you know, I love Midsummer Murders and I don't want to throw shade on them at all. But if you've read... Um, these books, they're more literary than um, your standard murder mystery. They're very well written. They're very, um, the the language is beautiful. The characters are very complex. And that was not conveyed in the made-for-TV movie. So I was definitely, um, definitely disappointed in that. And I have a feeling that I was not the only one because um, I eventually watched, you know, some little like interviews about it, and Louise Penny was involved in the making of it, and she was all very excited. The casting was, some of it was good, some of it was terrible, um, but it sounded like, you know, they were hoping that this would become a series. They would make more than one, but it, it seems to be a one and done, and I think I know why. So just wanted to um, mention that as well. As far as reading goes, I mentioned last time that I was going to reread Winter Solstice, which I am doing slowly because I only read for about three minutes before I fall asleep at night, but I am completely enjoying that. I had also read that there um, was a particular Inspector Gamache book, one of the better ones called How the Light Gets In, I think, that takes place at Christmas time. And I thought, oh, maybe I will read that one, reread that one this year instead of Winter Solstice, which I did for about a half a day when I realized that, yes, this is a good book and it really is in many ways where the story really amps up. Um, it was, it's depressing. It's a, it's a murder mystery that at Christmas time, <laughs> which is not exactly, you know, warm and cozy. So I eventually put that away and then and went back to, to Winter Solstice. And um, the other book that I am enjoying, I'm holding it here in my hands, is called Homebody, A Guide to Creating Spaces You Never Want to Leave by Joanna Gaines. Now, I have a little bit of a crush on Joanna Gaines right now. Um, when I redid my family room back several episodes ago, um, a lot of the, the accessories that I got are from her line, just from Target. I mean, I aspire someday to go to the Magnolia store, but um, I just, I absolutely love her aesthetic. And so this is a, it's a home decorating book. I got it from the library. It's large and hardcover and so aspirational and inspirational. She goes through several types of um, styles, farmhouse, modern, rustic industrial, traditional, boho, and then 
she kind of um, has some sketches of different kinds of houses and 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 how the style within these houses is a mix of these you don't have to be at 100% of any of these um, my this has been sitting on our coffee table and my son who was supposed to be studying for a test there I realized had picked it up and started flipping through it he's like this is the coolest book and then he goes well which one of these styles is you and I said oh totally farmhouse and he looks at it he's like oh yeah and he said oh maybe with a touch of of rustic too and I'm like okay I'll go with that um but she goes through each room and it's just chock full of photographs and um you know I'm not even done diving into this but just it's the style of it is amazing and I'll tell you though it's very heavily neutral I am really embracing the fact that I am a neutrals girl I love neutrals it seems like her whole home is sort of um, various shades of natural tans and off-whites with black as an accent and I'm really totally loving that but um Anyway, so it's it's a brand new book out. Um, I was so happy that I was able to get it from my library so quickly. But um, as I continue to um, update the house and work my way through it in 2019, I'm just kind of hoping to use this as, as some inspiration. Now, if you're a person that's like really into, you know, Barry J and the maximalist movement, all full of color, this is totally not your thing. But if you are secretly also a neutrals girl like me, then this might be um, something that you want to check out. Lastly, um, I wanted to talk about a planning book, a goal planning book called Power Sheets. Um, I don't know where I came across this. I, actually, it was some sort of a blog post a couple months ago where someone said that she had worked through this goal setting workbook and it had really changed how much stuff that she got done the next year that she really felt like for the first time in a long time, she could look back on 2018 and say, I did the things that I wanted to do. So I looked into it, watched some videos. Um, it's from a company called Cultivate What Matters. Uh, Laura Casey is the person that sort of is the president, and she's got a book called Make It Happen and another one called Cultivate. I did buy Make It Happen on Kindle, and um, I'm not sure you really need that if you get if you get the power sheets, but they're a little pricey. So it's 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 not a planner. It's not a calendar. It is a goal setting and tending workbook and there's about 35 or 45 pages at the beginning that kind of just walks you through what you want what you've accomplished what you want to accomplish um, what your personality is what makes you happy what inspires you why do you want to do the things you say you want to do like just really kind of helps you dig down and and just takes you through a whole journey where by the time you get to the end of it you've created some goals and not only created goals you created goals that are hooked to a big picture of why you want to do them and um, so your big picture things might be you know health and why and why you want to be healthy so that you can you know live you know a, a long productive life and enjoy your kids and your grandkids and the goals within that might be to lose weight for me um I've I've done pretty well losing some weight this year I should talk about that some other time um I still have a little bit further to go but so I want it to, to not lose momentum and to finish that in 2019 but I need to um create a strength training routine because of all of the stuff with my um breast cancer and having my ovaries taken out I'm at a very high risk for osteoporosis and I really need to take that more seriously than I had 
and I, I really hate strength training. <laughs> I'll walk all day long, but don't like make me pick a weight up. Um, so I need to be, you know, like some goals I have, just some, some habits I need to cultivate are create a strength training routine, continue with my yoga routine, um, make sure I'm taking my vitamins daily. So things are just really broken down in that way. And so this can be the same thing with, with finances of creating a budget and having savings goals or, or goals for your business. For me, I want to, I want to blog more regularly um, this coming year. And I've got some goals for that side of my business. And so, so anyways, I've just... Um, really enjoyed the process of creating these goals and setting them and I'm sort of in the middle now of um, there's room for 10 goals and um, I'm in the middle of of really defining those and creating the steps and and then you check in with this workbook once a month and you create tending lists and, and, and she thinks very much like me. If you've seen my, my budget, uh, not my budget, my um, bullet journal post on my blog, I say I create a master list of things I want to do for the year. And then the beginning every month, I say these are the things I want to do the month. And then I create a list for the week and a list for the day. And she has you do basically exactly that, but more goal oriented. A lot of, of my lists are just things that need to get done, doctor's appointments that need to be made and, and um, getting the oil changed in the car and backing up the photos, things like that. Um, so these tending lists are more goal oriented so that you don't get lost in the minutia of every day of just getting the dishes washes, washed in the, in the car serviced, but you actually are making progress on your budgetary goals or your lifestyle goals of, you know, watching less TV and reading more as a family or those things, the things that are important, but are so easy to push aside because there's no deadline on them. So, so that's power sheets. Um, there will be a link in the show notes, um, for them. If you want to check them out, they, I'm trying to think they're not cheap. I think it was about 50 ish dollars for this, but if it really helps me do the things that I want, then, um, I think it'll be money well spent. And, um, and I can even, Use a lot of people say that you know they buy it once and then they can use that same process the next year just with a notebook, which is true. And a lot of people say that that they really enjoy working out that workbook and, and spending that money every year is is completely worth it. So, um, power sheets, check it out for the homemaking side of things. Um, you know what? I just feel like we're all just trying to get through the holidays and nobody needs to be thinking about any more housekeeping things to sort of add to your your list of things to do. I learned long ago, although it took me a few years, that when I decorated for Christmas, I used to just put out the decorations on top of what was already there. And I realized you couldn't really see them amongst everything else. And now I kind of pull out the regular decor and I put that away and to make space for the um, for the Christmas decor. My cat has just found me and he's going to probably start meowing. So that's Tiger. I sometimes put a picture of him in the show notes. <laughs> so I'm just going to let him do it though. Um, and I feel like that same principle should be how we approach the holidays in general, which is to strip everything down, get rid of every extra commitment that you can in order to make space for all the things that the holidays brings. You know that there's going to be parties and dinners and extra shopping and time to wrap and decorate and all those sorts of things. So um, 
it's the time to really simplify the rest of your life, knowing that all of that stuff that you normally might be doing during this month that you can, you know is going to be there in January. So I, I say simplify so that you can add the stuff about the holidays that's special without feeling stressed out about it. And um, But one thing that I did do after I decorated this year, I've got these tubs like I said, like these, you know, these red and green Rubbermaid containers. And um, every year when I decorate, there's always stuff that I never use. And there's some old things that, you know, like little paper angels from Sunday school that the kids, um, that maybe when they were two, I hung on the Christmas tree. But, you know, we, they made cuter stuff later. And so this year I finally, I dumped all those tubs out and, and went through them so that I can stop ignoring what's in there and only store what we're really using and there was I threw a bunch of stuff away I actually made my husband look at this bag of stuff that the kids had made and said this is not worth keeping right (laughs) he's like are you gonna throw it away you're gonna put it in the keepsake box and I said I'm gonna throw it away and he looked at it he goes yeah you know we just can't keep everything if you keep if you keep everything then nothing is special right so that's how I was feeling about that threw stuff away donated some stuff I did create one tub just for the kids of stuff that I used to put out more often and they would associate with their childhood but because I simplified this year I just didn't I chose not to put it away but maybe when they move on and start decorating with their own families you know they can have one or two things of stuff that they associate with their childhood but that felt really good and it only took about 30 minutes so here I'm telling you not to to do extra things but um, that was time time well spent and um, one of the other things that we do during the holidays that I only do during the holidays and the kids always ask me why do we only make this at Christmas time is we make fudge and um, so I'm gonna put a fudge recipe in the show notes to me it's the best fudge that uh, there is it is this was not part of my childhood but my husband's family always made fudge uh, at Christmas time so it's his mom's recipe which truth be told was probably you know on the back of a chocolate chip recipe you know you know how they um, would just you know do all these sort of name brand things and create these recipes and what's funny about it is that it uses nuco butter like the cheapest butter that you it's not butter it's margarine the cheapest margarine that you can find I think it's like a dollar it's ridiculous it's the frankly the margarine I grew up on and when we first made this recipe we thought oh please and so we made it with butter it was a total fail Okay, I had to throw Tiger out of the recording area because he's making too much noise. I was saying that we tried to smarten it up by using butter instead of margarine, and it didn't work. Um, we, we tried all kinds of things to kind of make this a fancier recipe, and in reality, none of them worked. So we are very superstitious about it now, and we make it exactly as is. And um, it's one of my favorite things to make and give at Christmas time. I used to make it in pans and cut it up and you know put it in these little packages to give away. Um, I personally find it very hard to cut fudge in a way that doesn't look messy. So I've learned to buy small little holiday um, containers, um, you know, like little pans, and um, and I just pour the fudge into those and then wrap those up and give and then I don't have to cut and give them away so that's kind of a a recent discovery but anyways um yeah I'm looking forward to that tell me if you would like again any way you'd like comment email whatever if you have special family uh, recipes that you like to make or what what sorts of things that you like to make and give away at Christmas time for us it's definitely fudge um 
Lastly, I wanted to thank FL Quilter for her review on iTunes. Thank you very much. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey in 2018. This will be the last podcast for 2018, and it's been so much fun, and I appreciate you so much. Um, So just happy holidays, and we'll see you again in 2019.